America's Big Podcast. It's Bill the Big Podcast, the marketing podcast for podcasters. If you want to grow your podcast, have people miss your message and reach out to you when you don't do an episode, you are in the right place. My name is David Hooper. Bigpodcast.com is the website. And this episode, it is the audio version of my weekly newsletter. It's called Big Podcast Insider. That's at newsletter.bigpodcast.com. Don't worry about writing down the links of anything that I'm talking about here. Everything that I've got is linked at newsletter.bigpodcast.com. The email version, by the way, that goes out every Friday morning, New York time. If you're interested in that, it is free. And you know the URL, newsletter.bigpodcast.com. This episode is brought to you by Riverside.fm. Riverside is the leading platform to record studio quality, remote podcast and video. Most podcasts, at least most independent podcasts, have an interview format, meaning you're interviewing somebody. But how do you do that? It matters. Sometimes the people that you're interviewing, they don't know a thing about technology. Sometimes the people you're interviewing, they're on the other side of the world. Riverside is the solution for that. You simply send your guest a link. It opens up in the Chrome web browser, meaning there's no specialized software for them to download. It's just like opening up a web page. And when they do hit that link, bam, you're immediately in the Riverside studio. It's you, it's them, each machine recording locally as it's recording, going up into the cloud. When you're done recording, you're good to go, man. You've got their tracks. You've got your track. You're ready to edit your podcast into a professional sounding production. Riverside has unbelievably high recording quality, regardless of you and your guests' internet speeds. There's even an iOS version, meaning your guests can do this from an iPhone. Somebody asked me, they said, hey, my guest doesn't have a good mic. Well, Riverside can handle that through the iOS version. The iPhone mic, not as good as an external microphone, but it's pretty good. It's better than the built-in laptop mic. So if you're in a pinch like that, Riverside can hook you up. Right now, you can try it free. They're going to give you a couple of hours to check it out. Play around with it. See how you like it. And if you do, I think you will. I've got a discount code for you. 15% off. Big podcast. B-I-G-P-O-D-C-A-S-T. Riverside.fm to try it out. When you decide to stick around, here's that code again. B-I-G-P-O-D-C-A-S-T. Riverside.fm. As I mentioned, this is the audio edition of the Big Podcast Insider Newsletter. And here's what's being covered today. People make mistakes. Got the Elevate Creative for podcasters. 10,000 grants are available. I'm going to show you how to get those. I'm going to talk about the Disabled Voice Actors Database. Queervox, the LGBTQIA plus voiceover talent directory. If you want better podcast guests, I've got a method for you to try. Also, automated episode notes and transcription. How convenient would that be? Well, the reality is here, my friend. I'm going to show you how to make that happen. Christmas is almost here. We've got the podcasting naughty list and also classified ads for you, including something that's going to help you with your membership site. This podcast, because I've got so many things to cover, I do it like an old school kid's audiobook, the kind on vinyl. You'd read along with it as the narration is coming off that vinyl record. And when it's time to turn the page, what happens? You hear this sound. Let's get to it. People make mistakes. What keyboard key do you think that you hit the most? This is an informal study. It was by Jamie Todd Rubin, blogger. In the study, 8.8% of all keystrokes, it's about nine presses for every 100 keystrokes made, backspace key. In speech, you'll appreciate this as a podcaster, 
Fluency is the continuity, smoothness, rate, and effort in speech production. Disfluency, and we are all disfluent at times. That's being hesitant when speaking. It's using fillers like, uh, er, it's repeating a word or phrase. How many times has that happened to you? I do this a lot. Not necessarily when I'm hyper-focused in interview mode. Although I do make mistakes. This podcast, if you don't know, is highly edited. But when I'm talking to somebody and I'll say, like, like, such and such, or about, about repeating words. And I notice that my guests do it all the time too. It's one of the things that I edit out the most. Those double words at the very beginning. We don't have a backspace key when speaking, but we can edit our speech afterwards, at least with podcasting, before people hear it. I see a lot of podcasters, they say, I never edit like it's a sign of strength. And it would be a sign of strength if you didn't need to edit. If you could speak with 100% fluency, that would be amazing. Well, of course, you don't need to edit. It's perfect every time. And also organizationally edit. Not saying extra things, even if they sound good, that don't necessarily add to what you're saying. We all need to edit. That's the point of me bringing this up. And I want you to consider this going into the new year because when you take care of listeners, they will take care of you. And editing is one of the nicest things that you can do for listeners. So I said once, if you take a minute out of your podcast, just one minute, and you've got a thousand listeners, it's a thousand minutes saved. It's a lot of time. And maybe you got more listeners than that. 10,000 listeners, that's 10,000 minutes saved. What can we do with 10,000 extra minutes? Granted, it's spread out over your audience, but it's a nice thing. And it's better for you because everything you edit out that doesn't need to be there, it only means that your listener is getting to whatever it is that your listener wants quicker. Stand-up comics know this. If you've never done any stand-up comedy, you really should. Stand-up comics, a lot of times these guys start with 90 seconds on stage. You got to get in, get off, do your thing. And you've got to edit. You've got to have a tight set, really tight if it's just 90 seconds. Maybe you get three minutes. And because of that, you got to really think through what it is that you're going to say. And the reason you do that, because with three minutes or six minutes, let's give you a little bit of time, the more jokes you can fit into three or six minutes, the funnier it is that you're going to appear. If I can get on stage and deliver about 30 laughs, they call it laughs per minute. So let's say I've got five, six laughs per minute. That's not bad. And a good comic is doing that. Now, if you're just going to get up there and think, hey, I'm a funny guy. Have you ever been to a comedy club when they do that? Like amateur night or something? They're like, man, get up there, man, do it. Do it. You're funny. Get up there, man. These guys die. They die. And 90 seconds even can seem like a long time when you are watching somebody bomb. I don't want you to have the equivalent of that on your podcast. And fortunately, this isn't a live comedy club. This is something that we can edit after we speak. Cut out all the stuff that you don't need. The mistakes, the non-mistakes, just the stuff that doesn't add to what you're doing. That's what this episode is about. The little things that you can do with your podcast to get you big results. By the way, if you've got any questions, you need help, reach out to me. Twitter, I'm still there for now. <laughs> Haven't been banned yet. I'm on Mastodon. If you want an invite for Mastodon, I've got those linked along with this article I'm mentioning from Jamie Todd Rubin. That's at newsletter.bigpodcast.com. The Elevate Collective for Podcasters. I had never heard about this, but this is important. It's $10,000 grants that are available for podcasters. Not for everybody, but for some people. Let me tell you about this. 
It's the first program created specifically for disabled narrative fiction and nonfiction podcasters. So narrative fiction and nonfiction, if you're doing either one of those, you're good. Do you identify as disabled? That's the litmus test. They give you a $10,000 grant. It can be used for professional development, show marketing, equipment, accommodations, IP licensing, living expenses. What do they consider a disability? That is up to you. It's simply, do you identify as a disabled person? I've got the link, how to apply, more information. It's at newsletter.bigpodcast.com. Speaking of disabled people in podcasting, I want to talk about the Disabled Voice Actors Database. You probably have seen The Simpsons. Hank Azaria, Apu. That was one of the characters that he voiced. Indian immigrant. He runs the Quickie Mart. Hank Azaria is a white dude. 20-something seasons. You know, there was some pushback. Why is a white dude voicing Apu? And we've seen similar things happen on other shows. The voice of Cleveland Brown, Family Guy. That's been taken over by a new guy. Looks a little bit more like Cleveland Brown. I've got this linked on the website. If you want to see the new guy talking about it, I got the video. It's linked at newsletter.bigpodcast.com. Why are these guys doing this? Well, one, I mentioned there was pushback, but also we're in a world where people are changing and opinions are changing and what we expect from what we listen to and watch is changing. People want something that's more authentic. Modern audiences want authentic character voices. And you can think about this with your podcast. Let's say you're podcasting about babysitting or parenting. Well, if you've never babysat, or if you've never been a parent, you probably don't need to be doing that podcast. You could argue, especially with an actor, that you can put yourself in that person's place and become that person. But can you? I saw this a lot when I was in the music industry. There was a song that was sent to me one time. I had a publishing company and this guy wanted a publishing deal. Publishing is just the intellectual property on a song. You own the copyright of the song and you try to get the song recorded. It was a great song. I thought about doing a deal with this guy for a minute. It told the story of a brand new country singer, country writer coming to town, brand new, fresh off the bus and playing country songs of heartaches, dirt roads, girls in sundresses, beer on the boat, whatever, country music. And the advice that he was given lands in town, fresh faced guy, hadn't really experienced life. And they told him, I said, you need a brand new song and an old guitar, meaning rewrite this song after you've lived. Don't come to me with your shiny brand new guitar and your fresh face like you've experienced this stuff because you have not. Listeners are not going to connect with that. So he flipped the thing on itself and actually did a song about that. I thought, man, that was brilliant. Brilliant. A little too inside for a big hit, but certainly something that songwriters would relate to. And I think you relate to it. Taylor Swift recently, she's been redoing her songs, couldn't get the rights back to the original recording. So she's doing re-records. And now that she's in her 30s, those songs hit a little bit differently than they did when she was 15. A song about love, a song about heartache. You've been through those things by the time you're in your 30s. So I want you to think about this as it portrays to what I'm talking about now, disabled voice actors. If you're doing fiction podcasting, and this even applies to somebody that you're interviewing for your podcast, if they're not authentically disabled in this case, whatever that means, is that an honest portrayal? When I was in college, I lived with and I took care of a quadriplegic guy. He was my roommate. He was a student with me at University of Memphis. We did this for a couple of years. 
I've been embedded in this situation, you know, at least for a couple of years, probably about as much as you could be. I knew his parents. Like I said, I lived with him. It's quadriplegic. Had to get him up out of bed in a crane, take him from the bed to his wheelchair. Because when I say quadriplegic, I'm talking about no movement other than his head. Dead weight. You had to flip him every couple of hours when he was in bed so he wouldn't get bed sores. Anyway, I've seen this. And I'm telling you that the lives of people that are going through this, that you do not see, you might've seen him in class with you. You might've seen him out because we have the technology to bring somebody who is quadriplegic into a classroom. We've got ramps, we've got elevators, we've got chairs, we've got batteries, whatever. You might think that you can put yourself in somebody's shoes like that, but can you? I was living with him and I've got a pretty good idea of what he went through, but I couldn't put myself in his situation. I think about it all the time. I think about as I am standing here talking to you in this microphone in my closet studio, he is sitting in a chair, not moving. That is the kind of portrayal that you want. That's why something like this database is important. So if you're interested in accurate portrayals for nonfiction or for fiction, whatever you're doing, you want to check this out, the Disabled Voice Actors Database. That's at newsletter.bigpodcast.com. The LGBTQIA plus voiceover talent directory. Speaking of authentic talent, Queervox is a database of queer trans voiceover talent. They've got multiple filter options and easy submission process, password protected areas. It's a resource for casting authentic LGBTQIA plus talent. I think the first gay character that I saw on television Cagney and Lacey. No, I'm <laughs> just kidding. I'm just, no, no, this is a serious conversation. <laughs> a lot of it was stereotypical, like Lamar on Revenge of the Nerds. And it's a comedy. They're making fun of a lot of people, right? They're making fun of nerds. They're making fun of jocks, the sorority girls, whatever. I mean, everybody's being made fun of on that movie. But going back to authenticity, I do think we need to think about how we portray people and ask ourselves, is this actually accurate or is it a stereotype? And sometimes stereotypes are fine. I think we've got stereotypes for a reason. And sometimes stereotypes are accurate, but stereotype is a facade. Stereotype is an outer layer. There's so much more to people than a stereotype. And I think whether you're doing a nonfiction narrative podcast, a fiction podcast, whether you're interviewing people, doing an interview format podcast, I think we really owe it to society to not have these stereotype, archetype people all the time. Again, sometimes I think it's fine. But as podcasters, we can get in our own world. Like I said, I'm in a closet right now. I don't know who this is going to. I don't know where it's going to. I get feedback from people and I can look at downloads. I don't really know when I'm recording something if my message is actually going to land. Based on past stuff, yeah. It probably will, but it's no guarantee. And I think that we sometimes don't appreciate that our messages can really impact the world in a very positive way. Part of that is showing that there is diversity in the world and people that go beyond the stereotypes of what we might've heard on something like a movie, a sitcom, the news. So regardless of whether you need this database, Queervox, or you need the disabled voice actors database, do be thinking about that. Where are our messages landing? 
And what kind of people are we putting in front of these guys? I had a friend of mine, this is a guy that I grew up with. And it's weird because we had completely different upbringings, even though we were in the same city. This is a guy that I knew from church, right? He'd been out in the suburbs. And at the time, we're probably, let's say 35 years old. He was trying to get me into some kind of real estate investment. And we go to a neighborhood called East Nashville. If you're familiar with Nashville, you know, it's across the river. Let's just say that. And we stopped at a Phillips 66 gas station. And I'm telling you, man, <laughs> there's some black folks around. And my friend, he was like, sphincter kind of tightened, right? He's a little bit nervous. I said, dude, it's cold, man. Nothing's going to happen to you. <laughs> Just instinctively, I knew, right? Because I'd seen that look before. I wouldn't think anything of it because that was not how I grew up. I was the only white kid in a black neighborhood. <laughs> so it was nothing to me. And he told me, he said, man, I didn't know a black guy until I was in the military. I said, what? How did you get through college without knowing a black guy, man? What? I say this to say, we've got people in our own lives that may have grown up differently. There's even an opportunity for us to be ambassadors like that, to show that there's more to a stereotype. There's depth to certain types of people. Anyway, just something to think about. If you need this database or if you don't, I hope you will consider that. The LGBTQIA plus voiceover talent directory. I've got it linked at newsletter.bigpodcast.com. You want better podcast guest? Try this. You and I both know the advantages of being a guest on podcasts, but do the people that you are trying to interview? Probably not. If you are having an issue getting people to say yes to your podcast, maybe you need to show them the advantage of coming on your podcast. Tristan Pellegrino, he suggests using listen notes to do research on people via podcast and understanding what he's talking about will help you to pitch your podcast to potential guests in a better way. It's very clever what he's doing. If you're looking for a good way to book established guests, you will find it helpful. He is saying the very specific things that we already know. He is saying that if you're on a podcast, you're going to have more gravitas, more juice. So if somebody's looking for a supporting quote for a blog post, for example, or for a book, a podcast is going to introduce somebody who can deliver on that. Being a guest on a podcast helps you solidify yourself as an industry expert, showcases you as a decision maker, a leader in your industry. So even if it has nothing to do, I mean, yeah, it's going to help you sell whatever you're selling now and promote whatever company that you're at now. But being a guest will also open you up to other opportunities in the future. What he's got, again, it's very clever. If you're looking for a good way to book established guests, you're going to find it helpful. Good food for thought. Definitely a good way for you to sell the opportunity to be a guest on your podcast. I've got the full article. It's linked at newsletter.bigpodcast.com. Let's talk about AI. Automated episode notes and transcription. You've been seeing a lot about AI lately. A lot of stuff around the generation of art. One of the things that I've been testing with AI in the last couple of weeks is I have it responding to interviews that I get on Google. So if you search for my company, The Broadcast Show, you search for those on Google, you're going to see them. And if you leave a review, you're going to get a response basically from a robot. Thank you for the review and leave a thoughtful comment. Is it perfect? No, it's not perfect. It's like some of the art. Some of it's just a little bit off, you know, but it's coming. You can see where it's coming. And one of the things that we've got now as podcasters is we've got automated episode notes and transcription. Laxus connects to Zoom. So if you're using Zoom, 
This is a built-in thing. If you're not using Zoom, let's take it back to Riverside, what I mentioned at the very beginning of this episode. Just upload the recordings to Laxis. It does the same thing. It will transcribe your episode, which is nice. We've seen automated transcription. But where the AI comes in is it takes that transcript and it generates memos with key insights and takeaways, the exact info you need for your episode notes. All of it's automated. You simply upload your audio or automatically takes it off of Zoom. It turns it into a transcript. And then it gives you this information and it's 69 bucks. It's worth a punt. It's got a 60 day money back guarantee. You can check it out. I've got it linked newsletter.bigpodcast.com. The podcasting naughty list. What gets somebody on your podcasting naughty list? (laughs) This is one of those things you can reach out to me via Twitter, via Mastodon. Let me know. I'm going to be covering this in an upcoming episode of Build a Big Podcast. One of the things that probably will not get you a second chance with me assuming the first interview doesn't happen. And that's usually where we end up on this kind of thing. It's where you book an interview with me and then I can't get hold of you to do the pre-interview work or I can't get hold of you to get your bio or other information that's important for me to put together the prep work. Once COVID hit, we started doing these online meetings. Everybody got in the habit of them. Very easy to write that stuff off. And by doing remote interviews, this is a good reason not to use Zoom just to differentiate yourself from Zoom, let people know it's something a little bit different they need to show up a little bit differently for. But I think in general, the online interview, doing a remote interview gets lumped into that. And people are like, oh man, can we do it tomorrow? I have that happen pretty frequently. No, we can't do it tomorrow. I got an engineer here. I got a producer here. I've already prepped it. I'm already booked for tomorrow. That's one of the things that will get you on the naughty list. If I can't get you ahead of time and then... When we do have something scheduled, if we finally get something scheduled, you want to move it around a lot. I understand that people get busy, things come up. You got to move appointments around sometimes. But this should not happen that frequently, especially if you came to me. I don't know if you can relate to that as a host, but if somebody's coming to you and they want to be on your show, say, okay, I'll make space for you. Let's do it this time. Let's do it that time. You even work out a time with them and then they change it. That's going to get you on the naughty list. This is actually connected to a funny meme. I've got it linked at newsletter.bigpodcast.com. The classified ad section. Sticker Mule, they've got a $10 credit. $10 is spent on custom stickers, magnets, buttons, and more for your podcast. You need some merch. Talked about building your mailing list. This is one way to do it. Have people give you an address in exchange for a sticker. Sticker Mule will get you hooked up on a $10 credit. Hey, let me give you another offer. You send me a sticker. I throw it on my clipboard the one that I'm using right now, which is full of podcasting stickers, I'll put you up on my social media. Reach out to me when you get those stickers. I'll send you my address. Or if you want to deliver it in person, Rock and Pod Expo, March 17th through 19th in Nashville. It's the ultimate weekend gathering for rock music artists, podcasters, and fans. I can't say enough good things about this. There's not a lot of independent podcasting events happening these days. Not like there used to be. This is one of them. And it is a sight, man. It's like Comic-Con meets hair metal. All the rock and roll guys that you've known for the last 20, 30 years, they are there. I just saw the lineup for Rock and Pod this year. It's got members of Twisted Sister, Wasp, Steeler, the guys from Accept were there. Striper was there one year. I interviewed the guy from Megadeth. You know who's going to be there? Voiceover. Jim, truly outrageous. Yep, she's going to be there. The voiceover lady from Jim. That's rock and roll, right? The cartoons, but that's rock and roll. One more for you. If you want to monetize your podcast audience, listen up. You can do it with Launch. 
launches a simple and user-friendly platform that makes it easy to launch and run a successful membership program. It supports any membership space. It's got a beautiful landing page builder. You ever seen those Lincoln bio apps? Link tree kind of thing. Super easy to use. And that's how Launch is going to build your landing page for you. It's got recurring billing with low fees and support for multiple offers and tiers. Meaning if you want coach class and you want first class, they've got an option for something like that. However you want to do it. Worth checking out. That's at newsletter.bigpodcast.com. Thanks for hanging out with me. If you want more from me, you want to subscribe to this podcast. And I'm still calling it subscribe. I know. Apple changed it this week. It's officially follow now. But subscribe or follow, here is how you want to do that. Here is how you can do that. Go to bigpodcast.com slash subscribe. I've got three buttons for you. One for iPhone, one for Android, one for the RSS, and a fourth bonus option. It's a QR code. You hold your phone up to it, scan it. You'll instantly get Build a Big Podcast, however you listen to podcasts. I'm going to be talking more about this soon. Should we change subscribe to follow? What are you doing? Let me know. I'm on Twitter. I'm on Mastodon. Reach out to me with your thoughts. Subscribe now before you forget, bigpodcast.com slash subscribe. And I'll see you on the next episode of Build a Big Podcast. Queervox is the LBG. Queervox, the LG. Queervox, the LGBT. Son of a gun. Queervox, the LGBTI, the LBG. Woo. Oh, man.